0: If you're new with us, I just want to say welcome. I'm Jay, I'm the lead pastor. We're glad to have you here. And, uh, and for those of you watching online, I want to say welcome also. We've been talking the last few weeks about a Christ-centered family, about how this is us and, uh, and, and what that looks like as, as a Christ-centered family, as, as the church. Um, and when we think about family, we think about, um, we think about it differently as followers of Jesus as opposed to non-religious People think about family a little bit differently, and and we should we should look at it uh, a little different because the Christian family is so much more than just the husband wife kids that we think of the nuclear family. There, it's also more than than just marriage. It's more than just singleness. It's more than just kids and 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 parenting and all of that. It's a combination of the biological as well as the spiritual family that creates the church, the body of Christ. Um, But the way that we approach these things matters. The way that we think through these things matters if we're approaching them from a biblical standpoint. And it's because the structure of the church is really built around relationships, isn't it? And relationships affect everything. And so that's a lot of what we've looked at. And as we kind of wrap that up today, um, I want to talk about the church family, who we are as the church family, because every aspect of family that we've looked at from an earthly standpoint, uh, marriage, singleness, kids, it's been from an earthly standpoint there. But your earthly family, that is a gift from the Lord. Absolutely. It's a gift from the Lord, but it is temporary. It's temporary. Uh, Your church family, however, that is eternal. Our church family is eternal. And that may or may not include your earthly family, as you, know, as you know them, um, of course, we, we hope and, and pray for that to be the case as well. Um, but our church family, which is the body of Christ, it spans denominations, it spans ethnicities, uh, it breaks down the barriers and the boundaries uh, that, that really unify all of us uh, now and to the end of time, or at least it should. You know, the, the church, really, if you go back to the beginnings of what we would call the New Testament church, there, there's two uh, foundational kind of creeds uh, of the church. There's the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed um, that have a particular way of referring to the church. You may have heard of these before. You may have seen them or maybe been a, been a part of a, of, of a church service in that, that has used them before. And, and the reason I'm saying that is because the, uh, the Apostles' Creed uses the phrase, the Holy Catholic Church. In the Nicene Creed, uh, it says one holy and apostolic church. And we hear those things that are wrapped in there. And I wonder if we even know what does the word Catholic mean? Because we think about that word and we think denominationally. And yeah, it does, it does fit that as well. But the word Catholic actually does not ref, is not referring to the Roman Catholic Church in the way in which these were written at the time. Uh, the word Catholic actually means universal or all-embracing. That's really what the definition of that word is. So in other words, when someone says that they believe in the holy Catholic church, they're actually professing their belief in the universal church, the all-encompassing church, the big C church, as we like to say. Um, And all of us as as believers, as Christians, we should really adhere to uh, to to that as as this view of one church going back all the way to the earliest days of of the church, and it was developed and it was actually used in many modern uh, branches of the faith, from actually Catholic to Lutheran, Presbyterian, Anglican, uh, Methodist, uh, and Congregational Bible believing churches that would feel very similar to us. It was a it was a statement that was used in there because of the what the word actually means. Um, but it means that Christians, even of diff- different ethnic descent, that we have more in common with each other than we do with maybe even our fellow countrymen. And that's an interesting perspective to have that sometimes gets misplaced because some of the exclusivity that we, that we feel, the exclusivity that we kind of put into this sometimes, we can exude that and it's really misplaced in a lot of ways. If you have your Bibles at the Bible app, turn to Ephesians chapter 2, and we're actually going to be in the New Testament um, all morning here. Um, And in Ephesians chapter 2, we see Paul talking to the church in Ephesus, and he's writing this letter specifically to this church. And I want you to see what he says about the church, because that's really what we're going to be talking about here today in many ways, is the church as a whole, the big C church. And here's what he says. So it means that no one is a second-class citizen in the kingdom of God. No one is a second-class citizen, regardless of whether they're married, single, have kids, uh, maybe this denomination or that. Uh, No one is a second-class citizen in the kingdom of God. So that means the church, right? When we're talking about the church, that the church can do significantly more together than we can apart The big C church, we can do significantly more together than we can apart, and if there's any big idea that I wanna talk about for today, this is really it. So we're all from Ohio, or at least most of us are, that are here, and we see the church. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I see the real big capital V, and my brain just goes to the Ohio State University. The Ohio State Buckeyes, I hear that, amen. And you know why that resonates with us, though? You know why that resonates with Buckeye fans? Because anywhere you go, anywhere you go, regardless of background, ethnicity, a personal preference of where and how you watch football, um, whether you watch it at all, even just a little bit, if you're from Ohio, you get that. You understand what that means. And the commonality of the fan base of the Ohio State Buckeyes, it brings people together. It really does. It brings people together, even on a global scale in many ways. Um, It's funny. I was in Florida last month, and uh, Val and I were at a a restaurant. We were just a seafood restaurant. This wasn't even a touristy part of Florida, necessarily. But we're at this seafood restaurant, um, and just the two of us are sitting there, and I wore a Buckeyes hat. I'm sitting there, and and on the other side of the room, there's a server that's like, other side of the room, looks at me, and they're like... And I'm like, you know, you got to throw it back. It's, it's just, I'm, and you're like, what in the world? You know what I mean? Um, everybody gets that. And this is way bigger than that. <laughs> That's the thing. This is way bigger than that. This is more significant than that. And it lasts forever. When we're talking about the church that crosses all of those same boundaries and then some. And we forget that. Look at what Paul says about unity to the church in Corinth. As he's writing here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those that we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it, and if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a perfect or is a part of it. I wanted to leave this particular verse up here for just a second. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. It's an important statement. Because here's the deal. If we are divided, if we're divided by relationship status, by uh, ethnic status, or any of the other societal boundaries that we allow our personal preferences to set, we can stifle the Holy Spirit to do what he's wanting to do through the church. So when it talks about being a member, it talks about membership in the body of Christ, what's it talking about here? Because I also wanna talk about that from, from a local perspective when we talk about membership. So what is, what is membership all about? Why, let me ask it this way, why is church membership important? Why is church membership important? Let's ask this question. Because let me, tell you what, let me tell you what it's not. It's not about, um, it's not about the rights that we have. <laughs> it's not about the, the perks that it gives you. It's not about the t-shirts that we get to wear, which are all great and cool. It's not about so that we can have your contact info and we can know who is officially committed to Connect Church and who's not. Um, and all of those things for communication reasons, though it is those things, just to be honest with you, it's important to, to know those things. But it's not the root reason it's not the base reason for that. One word can actually sum up the answer to this question, why church membership is important. And that word is commitment. Commitment. That's why it's important. It's not because of, of any of those other, other things. Membership, it keeps, it keeps us accountable. That commitment keeps us accountable. And we all need accountability. I need accountability. You need accountability. We can't do this on our own, Right? It's about being a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. That's what this is all about. Becoming a member, it's a visible commitment to Christ and his people. Very rarely, very rarely do you see followers of Jesus that are growing in their faith. Think about this for a second. Rarely do you see followers of Jesus who are growing in their faith, who are not committed to a local church or have a local church that they call home. Why? Why is that? Because the Christ-centered unity that you have with other believers on a consistent basis, that's missing from their life. Because we can't do this all on our own. If we don't have that Christ-centered unity with other believers on a consistent basis, it's gonna be really tough for us to grow as followers of Jesus. We need each other. It's as simple as that. We need each other. Everyone here in this room, watching online as part of the church and also as part of Connect Church. We need each other. This is a covenant with the Lord. We're not meant to do this alone. Committing to a local church is committing to God's plan. It's as simple as that. And a majority of the letters that make up the New Testament that were written, they were written specifically to churches who had people that belonged to that church. They were a committed body of believers. We've read from three different letters today. We're gonna read from another one here in a minute. We've read from three different ones that were written to specific churches to specific believers that were there. Um, if, if you watch my, uh, on, on Coffee with Connect on YouTube, it's on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9.30 in the morning is when they go live if, if you wanna be a part of that. I've gone through first and second Thessalonians um, chronologically, or I guess sequentially is probably a better way to say it, but um, straight through those. And, and those are also letters written specifically to the church in Thessalonica. And, People that were committed there and were working on the mission of Jesus there. Listen, nowhere in the New Testament, nowhere in the New Testament do we see Christians just floating around on their own. Believers belong to churches. Believers belong to churches. We see that over and over again. And the global church, it is a Christ centered family, which means that we need to be committed to each other. It's not as committed to this building. It's committed to each other, to be, to be a part of this family. And it's a family. A family doesn't let brothers and sisters wander around freely without support. That's not family. We need each other. Christians need each other, and Christians to be a part of the body of Christ, one family of God. And when it comes to being married, when it comes to being single, have kids, we all need each other. And this principle, it's a big key to the success or failure of the mission that God has called us to. Galatians chapter 3. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs, according to the promise. Since Paul wrote these letters to the different churches that he started, he kept this theme of a Christ-centered family for the church. That's, That's really an underlying theme of everything that he wrote to all of the churches. You can see it in there. It's very clear in the New Testament that believers were meant to participate in the life of a local church and to not just be individual free floaters. It means forming relationships. It means sometimes it gets messy because it's people, and we're all people, and none of us are perfect, and we all mess this up at times. So it's going to get a little messy for sure. But it means sharing in the mission and service um, of the church, both local and global, on a global scale as well, submitting to the discipline of the church, Realizing that we need each other and we can do so much more together than we can apart is a huge, huge part of it. And it cannot be limited to this building and just to this congregation. Yes, we need to be committed here, but we also need to be committed to going out as well and working with other churches and all of that. We're all on the same team, guys. We need each other. As the church, we've got to look beyond our walls to the broader sense of it. And I'm, I'm thankful that we've been able to do that a little bit over the past couple of years, even with Mission Akron, working with other churches and some of those kinds of things. And we're going to continue to do that. There's some opportunities for some things like that coming up, uh, even within the next month that I'm excited about and, and moving forward into some other things. But it's all for proclaiming the gospel To a world that needs to hear the hope of Jesus. It's why I believe so strongly in our missions effort of local, regional, local, international. That's why we're going to continue to do those things as we move forward. Take a look at this map here. I want you to look at at how this is divided. We would be in the global north. According to this from a Pew Forum study of the 2.16 billion Christians more than 1.3 billion Christians live in the global south. That's not us. We're in the global north. 39%. What does this tell us? This tells us a few things, right? First of all, it tells us that we are not the majority of the believers on the planet. We're not in that majority, uh, you know, demographic there. Every tribe nation, tongue, people, language, we can make a huge impact for the kingdom if we would have the Jesus perspective of radical inclusion. Really think about that. If we had that Jesus perspective of radical inclusion, listen, every human being, they want two things relationally. We all want two things. We want love and we want acceptance. Deep down, we all want those things. And Jesus offers both. Jesus offers both. And you know what? The church should reflect that as well. Sometimes we do a good job at that. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we've got room to grow. And acceptance, that means that you are welcome, warts and all. (laughs) We've all got some warts that we're walking around with. No doubt about it. But that means that you are welcome, warts and all. And that also doesn't mean that we look past our own sin. We can't ignore maybe some of the warts, if you will. And we, we can't do that if, and really love each other because we're not really loving each other if we just look past some of the things that the Bible's very clear on. But none of us are perfect. No one should look past their own sin, absolutely. And we're not being a Christ-centered family if we look past our brothers and sisters' sin. But we could also do that in a loving way. And we could also not ostracize people because of it either. Because as Romans 3.10 says, there is none righteous, no, not one. Nobody's getting it right all the time. So we can't act like we do. We need to approach it from a place of love. Look at 1 John chapter 3. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident When we stand before God Let's not just say it Let's actually show it We can substitute talk for love Quite often But the church can't be all talk We can't be all talk We just can't And the church is not a clique The church is not a clique It's a family And we love our family members Warts and all It's a clique if your warts disqualify you From being able to walk in Right Right No, it's a a family. It's a family, and we're all part of the family of God. Because listen, you were loved in spite of your warts as well. Which is why you're here. (laughs) This is why we're all here. So let me say it this way. The church should be known for who we are for, not what we are against. Who we are for, not what we are against. Think about the difference there. Think about the stuff you see on, on Facebook and The like. I would much rather be known for who I am for, meaning Jesus, meaning for people, than what I am against. Too many times it's the other way around, and that does no good for the mission, that does no good for the gospel of Christ in the lives of people. Who are we? We're the church. We're the church. We are the bride of Christ. We should be known for generosity. We should be known for seeking justice. We should be known for expressing love, not for backing down in the face of opposition, but being able to do that in a loving way, but instead connecting people to the message of Jesus from within our own community to all over the world. We are the church, and we can't do that if we're the opposite of this. We can't do that. Knowing the truth found in the Bible about the universality of the church and how God considers all believers, his sons and daughters, regardless of ethnicity, gender, worship style, any of those other things, the local and global church must be and must stand up and exhibit radical inclusion for all ethnicities, all cultures, and we let the Holy Spirit take care of the things that maybe we slightly don't agree with or whatever. You let God change somebody's heart, And you know what? The behaviors will start to take care of themselves. I've seen it over and over and over again. It's not anything we can do. It's Jesus through other people. It's the Holy Spirit's job to change people, not us. Look at what it says in Revelation chapter 7. This is such a beautiful picture of what this is going to look like one day and even what it could now says, After this I looked, and this is prophecy. If you didn't know, book of Revelation is, is prophecy. So this is what we're all going to be a part of one day. This is awesome. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And by the way, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is talking about you. Here's you in the Bible, Right? They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That is such a beautiful picture of what the church is meant to be and will be. People from every nation, tribe, people, and language. It's an incredible thing. There's a whole lot of people that we're gonna be with in heaven, worshiping Jesus, that did not experience church at all like we do. But are still a part of the family of God A whole lot of people we've never met All a part of it The gospel brings people together From every ethnic background It should be a testimony To everyone witnessing the unifying power Of the truth of God's plan To unite all of us together All all human beings Into one body for the church The body of Christ It's an incredible thing that we all get to be a part of But sometimes we've gotta put our stuff aside to be a part of that and to realize what God's really gonna do because we're all part of the church. So the connection point for the day, and even for the whole series, is that a Christ-centered church is united. A Christ-centered church is united and united in every sense of the word, every sense of the word. I'm so thankful to be a part of a church family that, that is in, at least in my experience um, I feel like we, we are part of a, a church family that's more united than ever and I'm so thankful for that I'm so thankful for the culture that we have here as Connect Church but we have to keep reminding ourselves that this is a goal we have to keep reminding ourselves that this is something we have to continually strive for because sometimes things like this can leak and sometimes we can get off to the side of the road and realize that we need to bring some things back a little bit We need to be united. We need to be for each other, not against this or that thing. We need to be for each other. We need to call out the things that we need to call out for sure, but we need to be united around the mission that Jesus gave us to make disciples who make disciples. That's the goal. And that's why some of the things that we've got coming up are gonna be a part of that, are gonna be a part of actually putting, not just talk, but actually doing it, putting feet to our faith with some things some things coming up that I'm excited to share with you that we're going to get to be a part of. We're united. And we can be even more united by crossing even denominational boundaries at times if we need to. Ethnic boundaries when we need to. Class boundaries all for the glory of God to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ because nobody is a second class citizen in the kingdom of God. No one. And if we stay Christ-centered, if we stay Christ-centered, We will have no problem staying united. Will you bow your heads with me? We need to be a united body of Christ. Unfortunately, there's people that have been, have have felt less than that, have not felt that, have been maybe hurt by people. And you think that that's Jesus or you think that that that's God. Sometimes it's just sinful people who mess up. Sometimes that's us. And if that's you, let me just say, don't don't blame Jesus for sinful people's actions. If you want to know more about having a relationship with Jesus, if you need to give your life to Christ today, maybe you've been holding back on that. I wanna just encourage you to maybe come to the orange wall or or come find me after the service or, or, or someone else that, that can walk you through that, show you what, what the word of God has to say. If you're watching online, you can comment right there. We'd love to talk with you, reach out to you and show you how you can know for sure that you're a part of the body of Christ, that you're a part of the family because it is exclusively inclusive. It's exclusive in that Jesus is the only way, but it's inclusive in that everyone is welcome. And if you don't know for 100% sure you're going to be with him in heaven, boy, today could be that day. Heavenly Father, I love you. I thank you so much that you love all of us, regardless of where we're coming from, regardless of our past, regardless of the the things that we've been through, regardless of of the junk that we're dealing with, God, that you love us no matter what. We're not getting it all right. Not everybody's getting it all right all the time. That's why we need you. Lord, we need to be united. We need to be united as the body of Christ. We need to be united so that we can make a difference in this world for you, God, because I believe you're coming back sooner rather than later. Lord, the signs of the times are so clear. And Jesus, we look forward to you coming back, but as long as we're still here, we've got work to do. God, there are people that are dying without you that aren't sure where they're gonna be going. Lord, help us to be the light. Help us to love and accept people and bring them to the foot of the cross as you call us to do as your church. Father, I pray that you would just go before us now, that you'd give us opportunities to share with people that we come across and run into. Lord, the opportunities are everywhere. Pray that we would take advantage of those. Help us to be united. God, help us to remember that that we are all essential workers, that we are the church. We are your church. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.